The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Welcome to the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Nadia Dela Cruz, founder of the Wayne Dyer Wisdom Community on Facebook and angeltarot.org. My guest today is certified as a quantum energetics practitioner using energy clearing techniques to help people make positive changes in their life. She is currently facilitating a six-week transformational journey program that begins later this month and is the author of a children's book titled, It Was My Star, Teresa Gooch. Thank you so much for joining me today. Ah, thank you so much. What an absolute honor. I am thrilled to talk about the man that changed my life. And you know, I will, yours and mine both. (laughs) And it's so funny because when I, it's just, because I'm here, it's a miracle I'm here, honestly, because I haven't thought about Wayne Dyer for years. He was the foundational person that altered my course forever. And I had just kind of moved on over the years. And then I'm like, I just barely like woken up and I heard this voice, Teresa, join a Wayne Dyer Facebook group. And I thought that is the most random thing I have ever experienced. (laughs) Like what? But then I just got chills because it's like, Wayne Dyer, I love you. Like, oh my gosh, of course I'll do that. So, you know, I just intuitively went to the one that was, because I think there's about three or something. So here I am. And I I was so... I I can't tell you what it did for me to just start writing about him and remembering all those memories that were key. Just, yeah, so. (laughs) Well, first, I would say that was definitely Wayne, and he sends me people all the time, um, particularly people who connect with him in meditation. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's an easy way for him to get his voice through to us. So welcome. You found us. Uh, Yeah, I've had this group running since he died. So 2015, it's been more than five years now, which is kind of hard to believe. And it wasn't always big like it is now. I think think we're the biggest Wayne Dyer um, group out there and growing every day. It's just mind boggling. But welcome, welcome. Yes, you shared a post in the group when you joined that you had received a little nudge to find a group despite not being very active on Facebook. And I thought, oh, there's something here. There's something here. So, and there was something that that pushed you to even tell us that, right? And yeah. I think it helped us connect. So yeah. you are my first guest for the new year, 2021. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here. 
So why don't we back up a little bit? You talked about Wayne Dyer being um, someone you hadn't thought about in a while, but pivotal to the your path. Um, it was a big part of my origin story and spirituality. So how did you first discover Dr. Wayne Dyer? So we, my husband and I, um, when our kids were little, we had owned a real estate office and I was so, it wasn't really shy. It was just so hard for me to be around a group of people because I just, inside of me, I felt like I was in this inner prison. I couldn't relax. I was so self-conscious. And I just remember being in the office. I, I would literally get sick for social events because, you know, you're supposed to be social in real estate. Um, but I would get sick because I didn't want to be with all these people. And I just had this cry, like, I need out of this prison. I, I need to be free to be who I am. And it's, you know, when we have a heart prayer, it's always answered in the most, you know, ways that we would never orchestrate or could ever orchestrate my um and so as i remember my husband he's a philosopher as well and he he brought Louise Hayes and then Wayne Dyer to the table like i remember listening to cassettes and Wayne that just really connected with me so my background is really conservative christian and there was so much restriction there, but I fear really, there's a lot of fear based in conservative Christianity. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. But I always, always felt my divine connection is a little girl. Like I, I was always, I could feel God within me, but I was so afraid of God. So it, there was a lot of conflict. And when I was an adult and I would just like, get me out of this prison, something's not right. Um, I, I just can't, yeah, I, I'm just not aligned here. Then Wayne Dyer, the thing about it, and I'm not sure what book I read first, the one that is the most impactful was Your Sacred Self, because he brought in the Bible verses and he helped mm -hmm. understand them in a way that I intuitively, like in my heart, I knew that that's how it was meant to be, but I couldn't actually define it myself till I, I read it and my heart just expanded. I mean, I was, I just connected immediately. So I'm curious, do you still align with Christianity or have you stepped away from that? That was a journey um, that has come full circle. So I'm not um, like it almost brings tears to my eyes because that journey was probably one of the hardest because when I, when I started reading him and the Bible became alive in a new way, like the fear was dissolving. Like I could actually read it and read it from love and mm -hmm. So when that happened, it really was the beginning of moving away from Christianity, which sounds kind of strange, but I literally remember knowing that I'm going in a different direction and my family's super, super connected. So that's why it was so difficult because they were, they are with the faith that I grew up in really strongly and to actually, I mean, 
I didn't look at it then as courage to leave, but it was huge courage to leave that because oh, yeah, it meant more like following my heart meant more than actually my family who I'm close to. So, so that was a, that was a journey. And so I wouldn't even, there was a time when I couldn't even pick up a Bible for a year or two. Cause it just, I, there was so much that didn't match in it for me, but I have come around now and I love all sacred text. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm so not, did Wayne. Yes, that's right. That's the reason why, yes, he was bringing everything back and he would talk about all these other religions. He brought all kinds of people and opened me up. Yeah. To new. So what you're talking about here, that sort of, I don't want to say doubt because doubt isn't quite the right word, but, but when you are raised in a faith that has very strong beliefs and very strong rules. <laughs> the rules, I think, are key. Mm-hmm. And the rules are these walls of fear. Mm-hmm. And when the walls of fear dissolve, everything changes. Everything looks different. Everything that you understood, everything you were taught, everything that you read, including in the Bible or anywhere else, mm-hmm. even your relationships with family, they look different when the walls of fear crumble. So that is a massive transformation. And in a lot of ways, it can feel like death. It is a death to the self as the way that you understood the world, the way that you understood your place and your being in the world. So I'm sure you know this now, but you are definitely not alone in this sense of inner conflict and turmoil. And it can really be a dark night of the soul that lasts for many years in terms of how do I consolidate what I believe that really touched my heart and what my family believes and I love my family to this sort of doubt or this shift in perspective or this or this change in understanding. And I, you know, I'm very interested in Christian mysticism. Like mm-hmm. I have no problem with with Christianity in terms of a teaching method. I have some issue with Christianity in terms of an organized religion, because when you start putting people in positions of power, these are human beings that are making decisions that that no longer becomes um, a pure channel for source. And I think that we always need to come back to that pure channel for source, which I think is why so many of us, starting in the 60s, um, latched on to Eastern religion mm-hmm. as something new and a very different way of thinking of things and about this connection to God that comes from within. And Wayne Dyer didn't shy away from Bible verses. And it's interesting because there are so many wounds that come from religion that a lot of people can't, um, are not comfortable with the word God. So we use other words. I mean, it doesn't really matter what you what word you use, right? right? But the reason why we use other words like universe or spirit or the one or your higher self is because when you say the word God, it hits on the wounds of so many people. And those wounds can take a lifetime to heal. Right. So I love what you're talking about here. And Wayne Dyer, yes, he he quoted from the Quran. He quoted Kabbalah, you know, like there were no limits. He was interested in in all of it. And I think we can learn, we can learn a lot from that. So how long was this full circle 
journey for you? Let's see. I, I would say it took <laughs> to actually come back to the place where probably 10 years. Yeah. Where I now, um, I, I can pick up a Bible and I open it up and there's a verse. And in fact, sometimes there's verses that I will come to me, like I'll wake up and I'll hear a verse. Like, um, recently it was just like that story when Moses had the rod and parted the Red Sea, it's like, wow, you know what? you've got this. Like, so things like that stories will come up and I, I embrace them now instead of, you know, push them away. And I'm grateful. Mm -hmm. for them. I'm so grateful really for all of my life. Yeah. So what was the first book that you read from Wayne Dyer? Or do you remember? I know you talked about your sacred self as being one that really touched you. Was that the first one? You no, know, I, I have tried to go back in my memory and I think it might have been, I think it might've been honestly, um, because I was searching, I couldn't, I couldn't like how I grew up, human nature was different than spiritual nature. And so when I saw your sacred self, I think that title is what drew me and it just, the first page, I just, I, I can't quit talking about how profound it was for me just to see my heart there and make it make sense. And um, I remember, um, I think I had told you earlier, when I was in the middle of writing my children's book, the whole thing with that children's book was when I understood that God was within me and outside of me, which I grew up with because you, that verse, the kingdom of heaven is within you, but the outside God was the, the punisher, the, the fear God, you know, like you said earlier. So Wayne's like, no, we, it is like, it is the presence everywhere within and without. When I got that, I wanted children to understand it. And so it's really why I wrote that children's book. And in the middle of it, of this process of this book, I remembered that verse. Um, it's, I think it's Psalms 4610 or something that says, um, be still and know that I am God. And I had always read that, be still and know that I am God, like this God out there is going to come with a hammer, if you, you know, kind of, I mean, I was super sensitive. So that's yeah. how I took that. Um, but I just had this I just remember sitting at the desk in my office and it was just like, be still and know that I am God. It was just like, it was just this huge awareness that I was God in human form here to express more God. And it was so contrary to what, I had grown up with and almost blasphemous, but I understood oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But I under understood in that moment that that was the key to everything. Because if we understand that we are God in human form, we would never treat anyone less than we revere God now. You know that 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 um, presence that we know as God, whatever word we use with that. So I was so taken with, that. I just couldn't stop. And I was just, I felt such 
gratitude because Wayne was the one that opened that awareness for me. And I just stopped everything and I hand wrote him a card and I, I had a plastic key and I remember gluing it on and it was kind of a piece of art. And um, I just said, thank you. And this is key. This is key. Um, wow. Humanity. So he, um, yeah. So that, and since that time, like, I think that's why I'm so passionate about humanity understanding especially right now we are god expressing more god we have a way through this matrix that is pulling us down right now so well i wouldn't say the matrix is pulling us down but we are very anchored to the earth we're very anchored to what's happening on the planet we're very connected to one another there's a web of life here that's inextricable um, in one of Wayne Dyer's books, he talks about us being um, one with our environment, that we are not organisms, we are environ organisms, is what he called it, that you cannot extricate us from our surroundings. And the older I get, the more I think about that, the more I understand that who I am isn't just what came here in spirit. And who I am isn't just the choices that I've made in this life, because you can't separate that from the era that I live in, right? The more decades that I live through, the more I see how unique that that time in life was. And that has kind of opened the door for me to see that where I live, who I live with, the people I come into contact with, what school I went to, what the culture is like, what year it is, all of those things and more mm -hmm. become the, the sum total of everything that is me. So, you know, we talk about the soul as um, the truth of who you are is that which does not change. And there's almost nothing that meets that definition. There's so little except for love. You talk about your sensitivity, and I want to tell you that the fact that you are sensitive, that you have always been sensitive, is a double-edged sword. I am the same way. But that sensitivity allows you to channel love in the magnitude that you do today. But it also allows you to feel the feelings of those around you to hear the thoughts of those around you. And when we're not really sure what's going on, but everybody else seems comfortable and we're not, we grow up thinking, there's something wrong with me, right? Like people would tell me all the time, oh, oh, Nadia, you're just too sensitive. And the worst part is I believed them. I believed them for a very, very long time until I came to realize that my sensitivity was actually my greatest gift. Yes. And interestingly, Anita Morjani is writing a book about that. She's writing a book about sensitivity um, and the the gift of being an empath. And I think I think that's going to come out this year. So mm -hmm. there's so much awareness around that that's coming out now. I think just when we need it, just when we see kind of all of the dirt rising to the surface, all of the muck that's really been there for a very long time. We thought it went away, but we really just swept it under the rug. Now we're in the perfect soup to shake things up and discover what still needs to be resolved, what still needs to be healed, what still needs love. And so all of this is coming to the surface. And, you know, like with energy, there's an equal and opposite force. So if you are looking at the darkness, 
or the violence or the hostility or the division. You're going to see a lot of it. You might think that's all that there is. But if you're looking at the light, you could say the same thing. And there's so many people that are waking up. There's so many people that their level of compassion is at an all-time high because of these things that are happening. It's almost like all the stories, all these stories that we have, there's always a villain. And the villain is actually what brings people together. So maybe you don't like some of the things that have been happening in this country, but doesn't it motivate you? Doesn't it inspire you to maybe take action, to maybe be less complacent than we were in years past? Aren't people taking more interest in politics and the environment than ever before? And how can that be a bad thing? That's a beautiful thing. So I really believe in the balance of nature and that we're all, we're all part of that. And I suspect that the work that you're doing now, the energy that you are bringing forth into the world is in alignment with all of that. So maybe you can tell me more about the work that that you offer in the project. Um, that is going to be your six weeks transformational journey launches later this month. Why don't you tell us about what you do? Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm just, everything you said, I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. It's, it's so right on. And for, for me, I look at, all, like you were talking about the darkness. And when you walk in a dark room and turn on a light switch, the darkness has left. So I have I, my prayer really is, can I just embody more light? I don't have to do anything. If I can just be more light, my presence heals. I can walk in a room and there will be a healing there that I, you know, I won't even know, but that is what will change the darkness. So my transfer. Just like with Jesus, right? So they said Jesus just by his presence could raise the consciousness of the entire community that he was in. And Jesus told us, even the least among you can do all that I have done and more. So when we vibrate at that frequency that Jesus was at, or we get anywhere even near it, yes, we have that impact on those around us. I completely agree with you. Right. So I, I, that is the passion within me is if people understood, like, be still and know that I am God. And it comes from this honoring of your body temple being an, a magnificent miracle. But I really had this awareness just recently that my body temple is not just this miraculous, amazing divine vessel. It is a radical miracle maker. And so that really is what this program is about, is that we really um, dive into our body temple, like so that we are revering it like we never have before. And then we understand by the end of the six weeks, like you will stand in that really confident place of knowing what a radical miracle maker that you are and that you can stand and create miracles, um, miracles for you, for anyone, because of this amazing vessel of divinity that we are in. So I'm excited to, I, you know, 
it's taken me a while to have the courage to step out and say those things and and to even say the word God, you know, but I, I can't not anymore. So I'm with you, Teresa. I'm with you. Uh, you talk about miracles. Are you a student of A Course in Miracles as well? Yes, I am. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Yeah. So yeah. call in a miracle, right? That yeah. you just call it into being that we have that power. I know Wayne Dyer um, read A Course in Miracles as well, referred to himself as a student of A Course in Miracles. Actually, that's how I found it. Really? Now that we bring that up. I found it because I kept hearing quotes from him saying it was a course in miracles. And I was like, what is that? Is it a, is it a program? Do I buy a DVD? What is a course in miracles? Right. Because yeah. we're not listing it as a book title, even though it really is a book title, but it's a channeled book. And so right. um, the woman who wrote it, who channeled it, her name's not on it, but um, yeah. So I finally, you know, went down the rabbit hole. I was like, okay, what is this? And then you have to figure out like, uh, which book do I get? Like, what is it? There's like a teacher, you know, but, um, are you familiar with Holly Holden, Robert Holden's wife? I don't think so. That doesn't, so Robert Holden is a, is another Hay House author. He's great. Um, he's author of Shift Happens. He did a lot with Louise Hay, um, Life Loves You. I don't, I think they co-wrote a couple of things. I don't remember which ones, but, um, his wife is also fantastic. Her name is Holly Holden. And I started following her on Facebook years ago. And one year, she it was probably three years ago now, maybe four years. She um she wanted to create a group so that we could all study Course in Miracles together. And it started on January 1st that year. And I was like, great, this is perfect timing for me. I'm in. So it's really helpful to to have a group for that. But yeah, yeah. that was my introduction to Course all comes back to Wayne. It's funny how you said that because um, Wayne is so foundational for me too. And I discovered him when I was a teenager and I, I, it never left me, right? I kept reading his books and going to his talks and catching him on PBS. Um, anytime there was a replay, I now have a lot of those on DVD. In case oh you didn't God. know those are on um, I was going to, yeah, they're fantastic. I, I, um, <laughs> I okay in my journey where I was kind of leaving Christianity, I still needed to be filled up, you know. So I would get his big what are those eight tracks of his PBS shows, and there was one I wish I could remember the the name of it. But I every Sunday and even throughout the week, if I just wanted my heart to open and just feel God, I would put in Wayne Dyer's DVD. And there's this one from he was on this Baltimore stage, I think, somewhere. But anyway, I can still see him. But uh, yes, yeah, so I'm with you. Yep. It might be it's never crowded along the extra mile. He's got 
He's got a few. I um I would always listen to the his audio recordings. His live lectures are still my favorite because there's just so much energy and passion and gets so excited, you know. And he he tells a lot of the same funny stories, but I laugh every time, even now. Um, so yeah, I still listen to Wayne uh, to cheer me up. But you know, life went. I mean, I was a teenager when this started. I, and and life went on, and I you know I did school, and I. Um, I was working and I was focused on other things, but it never left me. It was always there, but it wasn't necessarily the center of my life. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of went on to study other things. I explored spirituality. I did a bunch of classes here in Seattle about, um, you know, angels and psychic gifts and crystals and like all of these things. And then something was missing. Something was missing. Mm -hmm. And I realized it was Wayne Dyer, that even though I had explored all these other things, he was at the core of everything. And so I do card readings. And when I do card readings for people, I'm always quoting Wayne Dyer. Oh my God. And I'm like, okay, I haven't transcended Wayne's teachings. I haven't like graduated and gone past them. They are just integrated into everything else that I do. And so continuing to read his book, continuing to watch his videos, continuing to listen to his lectures feeds me the same way that you can be fed by going to church on Sunday, right? Oh, it's that it's that opening up and connecting to not only the energy of God, but the wisdom and and the knowledge and the the sense of belonging that comes from that. So I sort of recommitted to um, making time to read his books and um, started this group and all of that. But yeah, it was interesting that that kind of came around for me as well, that it's like, okay, no, I have not left Wayne Dyer behind. He's still, he's still at the center of everything for me. And at this point, he always will. Oh my gosh. You know, I, like I said, there's so many now that I'm looking back, Wayne Dyer was just so just those moments that pivotal that you called. I remember um, at one point, oh my gosh, I was walking through some really, really difficult waters and I had manifest your destiny. And um, so I would, I would get up early and I would do that meditation that comes with that book. Right. Isn't, doesn't that, yeah, I think that is the one. And then, but I would get up early and walk and I would say this mantra, I am love, I am loved, I am love, I am loved. And I did it the whole time, like for, it was like a 30 minute walk. So that when I came back, like my mind was still and it literally, I had shifted and I could actually face the day. Yeah. That's beautiful. It reminds me of Ram Dass's mantra, I am loving awareness. Yeah. Yeah. And it just it just brings you right to the heart of it. And when you feel the words instead of just hearing them or instead of just saying them, that's when the magic happens. That's when the heart opens. I think the Dalai Lama um talks about a meditation, meditating on compassion. And that, you know, children did that for five minutes a day, like we would change the world. And I think it really comes back to that. The older that Dr. Dyer got, the more 
the further he was in his career of speaking and writing, the more it came to love, the more it came to only love. And it's almost like words begin to fail us. When we, when we get closer to the truth of something, the words don't quite hold the meaning anymore and you have to feel your way mm-hmm. into it. But that's what it came. I, I think about that shirt that he wore that said love period. Yeah, love, that's all there is. Um, and I and I I have a shirt like that. Um, I'm getting a new one actually. Because oh um, I've had that one for a while. But it just it just reminds me, just brings me back to that. Um, it really can be simple. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> people put up a lot of resistance. You can see just in the way that Wayne wrote his books. He was used to people putting up a lot of resistance to these ideas that you have to like undo this conditioning. And so he would almost start every chapter with, um, I know this is why you think it's not going to work, but here's why it does work. Right. And then, and when you're far enough along the path, you don't need that first half of the chapter. Just, just read the second half. Right. Because, because you yeah, you softened your resistance to it. But it's funny because he has a background as um, in counseling psychology. And the more I think about that, the more I see that um, coloring everything he talked about, the way that he presented information, because he was so used to these people coming in and complaining and saying, this is why I can't do it. This is, this is why my life is terrible. Um, you know, this is why I can't be happy. And he's like, no, 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 <laughs> that, that's not it. You change your thoughts, change your life. Right, right. You know, when you were talking earlier in the conversation, um, you know, just, like basically, however we see the world, it always reflects back to us. I remember that story he told in one book where he went to Florida and this lady was just complaining about how horrible it was. She left a place and it was just terrible there. And then she came to Florida and people were terrible there. And he's just like, you know, you're looking for terrible people. Like you're going to, no matter where you go, you will manifest a terrible, you know, relationship. So, yeah. Yeah. That is so true. I think it was, um, yeah, someone had moved to another town and, and they were like, oh, you know, how are the people here, right? What yeah, you're saying? Sorry, yeah. And they're like, well, how are the people back where you're from? Oh, they're terrible. Well, yeah, you're pretty much going to find the same thing here. And yeah. it's not because that's what's here. It's because that's what you're looking for. Exactly. Yeah. I, I loved how he wrote. So um, like, I just felt like he was my friend. Like, I think I wrote in one of the, my posts is just like, you know, I just, I wish that he was my, our neighbor. <laughs> like we could have the yeah. time, you know, together talking about philosophy and, but, um, but that's why I felt this connection so much to him and everyone else. It's like, he writes, like he knows you and you know him. And that was so intentional because when he wrote his, um, first books, really. They wanted him to make it more technical. They wanted him to put more citations in and and make it sound more scholarly. But he had a really clear vision that he wanted to reach people. So I applaud him for the courage um, and the, the resilience and the determination of which he had in spades that it took for him to get his message out the way that he that he envisioned it, the way that he knew people would be able to receive it. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a big part of his gift that he could read almost anything and bring it to us in a way that's useful, in a way, in a way that's digestible. And, you know, he was never talking down to us. He wasn't like, ooh, I'm the expert and here's all these things. So you have to listen to me. 
And he could have. He could have. He was a doctor. Dr. Wayne Dyer, you know, he could have, he could have really pumped up that ego and just been like, I am the wise sage and here is how you fix your life. And it wasn't that at all. It was like, he was a student and he would find things that worked for him. And when they worked for him, he shared them Mm -hmm. with us. And I think the best people in this world do that, that they're not They're not sharing it because they think they're better or because they think they have something that you don't, but because they found something that works for them. And hey, maybe this is going to work for you too. Right. And because he did all of that, that, that he was just such a unifier. Oh, absolutely. Other people. And it, it was just, he was love and unity. He surely will, which is love. (laughs) Love is unity. Yeah. So good. So, um, there was a couple things that you wrote to me um, that I kind of wanted to share just because I thought it was so um, well said, but like you were talking about that, you finally got that I am God and um, you know, Wayne studied the I am discourses from uh, Neville Goddard and uh, they're not easy to read. I I do have a copy of that and I'm like, mm, maybe I'm going to stick with what Wayne wrote because it's just easier for me. Like I get it, but it, it takes some doing. It's kind of like A Course in Miracles. You have to like right. kind of have to sit with it and process it. But you said, I finally got that I am God, the expression of more God in this world, God being me, within me, outside of me and all around me. I was all of that. And I felt like it was the key to being here, being human, being God in human form. If we all knew that we were God, truly imagine our world. Imagine how we would look at each other and sacredly we would treat ourselves and one another. Since then, I've wanted everyone to understand that. That's true. Beautifully said. Thank you. That is my heart. That is my heart. So if you had a mission for your life, is that what it would be to tell people that, to help them to understand that God is within them and not something outside of them? Yes, that is that is just it. Yes. We have struggled so, so much to please other people and to try to um, try to be enough. And when I realized that that's, we already are, you know, I... I do. It's like a strong mission that I can't stop. It's like, no, if you just knew who you were, let me shine the light so you can see yourself. (laughs) Yeah. You already are enough. That is so key. If we, if we really felt that, if we really embodied that, how different our choices would be in life. We wouldn't go chasing after things to try to make ourselves whole. We wouldn't buy into all of the marketing that's that's thrown into our faces every single day of um, you need this to be happy. You need this to be beautiful. You need this to feel good. You need this to have friends. You know, it's like all of these messages seep into our psyche that we're not enough and that, you know, the answer is outside of you. Um, that's one of the reasons I love Ramdas too, is because he was so clear about coming back into your heart and making peace with what is and really being here in this moment. And I feel like um, him and Wayne are are very close in my heart. Um, 
Wayne was very passionate about teaching us what we can manifest, about teaching us how we can be happy regardless of external circumstances. And Ramdas, I feel like his overlap with that was that he was teaching us how to be at peace with what is, how to use every experience of life as a doorway to God, as a window to awakening. Yeah. And, um, I mean, what more do we need than that? Like, what else is there? You know, you used to say, what else is there? Like I could sit and meditate every, every day and, and connect to my source because, because what else is there? Right. Right. Ugh. Do you, do you meditate as well? I'm assuming you do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's my morning, first thing, morning thing, because um, I just, I uh, can't not, <laughs> I need that connection yeah. before I even start the day. And it's um, crucial to my, because what else is there? Honestly, what else is there? Yeah, we get sort of caught up in in the the doings and the and the thinkings, and uh, we really trip up when we get so caught into the future, so caught into the past that we miss what we're doing. Like um, a couple days ago, I was I was rinsing some dishes in the in the kitchen, and I and I found myself I caught myself I caught myself thinking about oh, I have this to do and that's on my list, and oh, what are we gonna do for dinner? And, like all this stuff, yeah. and I was like, wait be here now, be here now. And you just focus on the feel of the dish in your hands and the sound of the water and the, and it's so calming. And it's like, if we could bring ourselves back to that more and more often, um, there would be so much less anxiety and depression because it's like anxiety is getting lost into fears about the future, most of which will never come true. Mm -hmm. And, and depression is either thinking that what you want isn't going to come mm -hmm. or dwelling on pains that you've experienced in the past that really aren't, really aren't here anymore. And it sounds when you're, when you're in the throes of pain, I think that can sound a little heartless. It can sound a little insensitive, right? but, but there's real truth in that, that you can find peace in the present moment, regardless, like things don't have to be perfect for you to be happy, be happy anyway. And I think a lot of us sort of hold ourselves back from experiencing joy mm -hmm. in a year where people are suffering so visibly. <laughs> I say visibly. Because there's always people suffering, but mostly um, it's more behind closed doors, although we're kind of all behind closed doors right now. Um, so, um, in a sense, that's a little bit magnified, but there are ways to connect. Um, my The favorite thing that I do is connecting with people and having conversations like this. And um, I've said it before, but, you know, the reason... One of the reasons I was motivated to start the Wayne Dyer group when he died was because I didn't really knew anybody who was passionate about Wayne Dyer like me. Most people didn't even know who he was. Wow. And uh, now, now it feels like there's a whole world of people because what you focus on expands and we are expanding. So welcome back to Wayne Dyer's teachings. Welcome to the Wayne Dyer wisdom community. I do my best to keep that a sacred, clean, safe space where we can support each other, where his message can continue. And I'm not going to lie, social media is a little strange sometimes. It's It's got its ups and downs. But 
look at how we can connect in real time all over the world. And that is amazing. Yes. True. So tell me, when does your transformational journey begin and where can people learn more about it? Ah, so we begin our journey on January 21st. You can go to my website, teresagooch.com, T-H-E-R-E-S-A, Gooch, that's um, like G as in George, O-O-C-H.com. And um, what did you ask me? I just, my mind just went blank. That was it. <laughs> well, it's January 21st, right? And they can go to yeah. your website, teresagooch.com. So yeah. I think there's going to be some today who resonate with what you're saying, who resonate with the, you know, the love that is coming from you. And I can, I can feel that here today and other people are going to feel that too. So thank, thank you for coming on yeah. and, and bringing your story to life. Oops. What was that? Yeah. I just want to say one thing because anyone that listens to this podcast and signs up with that, that journey, I want to gift them my children's book. I wrote, um, it was my star and I'll autograph it to whoever, whatever, because that book was really the beginning of me actually stepping out and speaking what was in my heart and having the courage to do that and to reach children. So, um, but I literally with that book, it has a CD in it. Um, and um, a couple bookmarks that have a the quotes as a verse in the poem. But I wrote that after 9-11. And before even that, my husband had husband's brother had just died and left a five-year-old. And then my sister's husband had been killed leaving children. And my heart was just like breaking for children. And so I this this story just came to me. And I mean it. I, I had this story in my head, I think it was in March, and I had all these books at my doorstep by November. It was just, that was miraculous how that all fit together. But anyway, um, I just want to gift that to whoever on, listens to this podcast and just email me and let me know. Wow, that's a great offer. Thank you for that. Yeah. So, um if there was one message that you could share with everyone today, what would you say? Guess. <laughs> be still. Just be still. And know. Because when you're in your heart, that's when you know. And that's when you're still. So be still. And know. That you are God. Expressing more God more love in this world with every smile, with every kind thought, with every touch. You are angels here on earth and I am so grateful you're here and we can walk together. Thank you, Nadia. We are all, thank you so much. We are all walking miracles, aren't we? Mm -hmm. um, I'd like to leave everyone today with a quote from something that you wrote to me, if that's all right. Yeah. I have to say I'm in awe as I'm looking back over my life and how Wayne's teachings wove in and out of my life so many times in so many events, just how foundational his work was for my life and the tapestry I now see since I woke and heard those clear, quiet words a few mornings ago to 
Join a Wayne Dyer Facebook group. I am reminded all over again that our life is on purpose. Our steps are ordered. Even when we think we've had some missteps, our heart knows the way. Yes. Thank you for that reminder. Thank you for um, your beautiful presence today. It's a joy to have this opportunity to speak with you. I look forward to seeing you more in the Wayne Dyer Wisdom community on Facebook. And for all our listeners, thank you for following Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life and telling your friends about it. To learn more about Teresa and her upcoming program, you can find her at teresagooch.com. For more information on this podcast, please visit nadiadelacruz.com. And until next time, take care of yourself and take care of each other. Namaste. Hi, I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.